Lagos Talks 91.3 and Corporate Shepherds presents the man of the hour. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome I.D. Enang. This is Navigate with I.D. Enang. Welcome, dear friends, to Navigate with I.D. Enang. It's such a pleasure, as always, to be here to share with you and also to learn from you. Friends, we've been looking at managing pressure and maintaining balance for the better part of this month where we have echoed understanding anger, anger management, and stepping into the terrain of managing pressure and maintaining balance. Today, I'd like to close the entire month by looking at a very succinct but nice place of which we ignore. And it is called self-peer pressure. And you just want to wonder, or you just may wonder, how did this come to the back of my mind? I suddenly realized that a lot of times that people say they are under pressure, they are not under pressure because of the environment alone, like self-imposed pressure. They want to be like other people because they want to be noted and notable. They want to feel among. They want to conform. And all of these are self-imposed. And so, for today, I'd like to look at self-peer pressure as we bring this aspect of managing pressure to a close. And I had to go in to check the definition. It means imagining the thoughts of your peers and their judgments on our actions. And of course, changing your behavior in response to those thoughts. Self-peer pressure. Typically, we think of peer pressure when it comes to the vices. Say drinking, smoking, etc. And this is commonly ascribed to school leavers. But then we forget that it cuts across age groups. But many a time, whenever you hear people talk about peer pressure, they see it as something that has to do with the younger ones, especially those that are just either leaving secondary school, the university, or those that define a collective of friends who would hang out together in social terms. So the term peer pressure comes up, but never a time do we think about the self-peer pressure. And so, even when people grow older, when they are formed, when they become parents, they don't even understand that this same pressure actually cuts across different age groups, demographics, and even in terms of the psychographics, which is their lifestyles. The real gist or truth is that the psychology of peer pressure has earned less attention. The idea of self-peer pressure or how your perceptions of the opinions and behaviors of others influence your behavior, even if people aren't pressurizing you to do anything. You find that people of their own volition pressurize themselves, not by the 
doing of some other person, but by sheer perception of what they think the opinions of others will be. And so it begins to shape and influence their behavior. And that makes you drive unwarranted pressure on yourself. Why do you want to do that? Why would you do it? So the big question is, what drives peer pressure or self-peer pressure? The answer is very simple. It is the culture of fitting in. And a lot of that has to do with complex. When people are a bit insecure, and insecurity is a very bad norm. Insecurity can eat deep. And when it does, it can be very destructive. And so people need to understand that you don't need to put yourself under pressure because of what somebody is going to say, because of the perception of their opinion and the behaviors that they will exude that will ultimately influence your behavior. Why must you feel among? Why must you start putting pressure on yourself? So, for example, you find in social terms that people, rather than look at their wallets and cut their coats according to their sizes or cloth, like they say, they look at themselves and they want to be like others. So there is an ashwabi, there is a party, there is a celebration, there is something unique coming out. You start thinking in your head and in your mind. When they tell you, my wedding is coming up next month, the ashwabi is going to be out and it will cost 50,000 naira. And your salary is 25,000 naira. Or your salary is probably 40,000. Or maybe your salary is 60,000, even 70,000 naira. And somebody tells you that the Ashwabi will cost 50,000. And these are two, three months to that wedding. What do you do? You start ringing in, in your head and your mind, because you want to be part of that social network. You want to be seen as friends of the bride or friends of the groom or friends of the family or friends of the governor or friends of the friends of the who is who. Self-peer pressure. The same way you have peer pressure is the same way you find fitting in, coming in as one driver of self-peer pressure. In another parlance, I will call it conformity. Fitting in, in another parlance for me, is conformity, which is defined as a behavior in accordance with socially accepted conventions. And so you ask yourself, why do people want to be seen as conforming? conforming to the ethos of some other person? Why can't you just be yourself for crying out loud? Why must you sit back and believe that because Mr. Susu and So may of necessity look at you differently, you need to behave in a certain way to fit into the norm of Mr. Susu and So or Ms. Susu and So. That is delirious.
us. I mean, you're, you're dealing with yourself and bringing undue pressure to yourself. Why? Why? Why must you be like others? Why must you play the Joneses and be like the Joneses? This is one factor that has eaten deep into the fabric of many people. And they bring untold hardship to themselves, untold treasure to their families, simply because they want people to look at them as conformists. They want to be heroes when they know that they may be zeros, rather than going through the process and letting their progress be evident to all they want to show off. Many times when you find people grossly entrenched in the self-peer pressure, is because you have positioned yourself somewhere in your mind, or you believe that person has put you in a certain space, you may not necessarily come down from it. I remember telling you all, you know, when I stopped or resigned um, from the corporate life, working for um, an organization or a company, and I decided to come fully into shepherding and working with my dream enterprise, Corporate Shepherds, what I'm doing now. I remember one of the things that I said to myself was the minute I step away from corporate, I was going to sit back in a space where if my trips, whatever trip I'll be taking, I'll be flying economy. And I'll fly economy class until my business is able to pay a business class ticket or first class like I used to fly when I was working in corporate. It wasn't as if I couldn't afford a business class ticket, but the reality is that I needed to conform to the new norm of letting my head reset, that this is not about you being managing director of L'Oreal or Samsung or Guinness or Coca-Cola. This is about you being, yes, managing director or managing partner or managing anything, founder of corporate shepherds. Corporate shepherds must be able to afford to pay your business class ticket. And in doing that, it takes a certain level of business to generate that profit that will allow me run with such costs. And that is the reality. But then I could sit back and say, my friends are used to meeting and sitting with me in the business class cabin, so I'll be shy. Very many times when I go on a local flight, or even international as it were, because for international, I will fly premium economy. And so I find my friends, typically or associates, who are flying and you find them in business of first class as we are boarding. And I don't even bat an eyelid. I go sit in my cabin. It has nothing to do with who I am. I will not take self-peer pressure upon myself because I want to show that I'm still relevant. So I must go buy a first class ticket. Why? For many years, maybe two decades and a half, I've flown enough business class and first class does not take away anything or strand from me, friends. And so such peer pressure can't touch me. But I'll tell you something. If you are in the shoes you are now, who are you trying to impress? Many times we bring this self-imposed pressure on ourselves and then things do not balance. And we start 
all manner of things to keep that lifestyle. You don't need it. In this era, where in 2020, COVID gave us a natural reset, where our thinking, our faculties, our ways of working, our ways of doing things needed to be re-examined, re-cushioned, and repositioned. You cannot come out of that whole exercise in 2020 and be under the umbrella of self-peer pressure. Stop it. It's not going to help you. If you have ever had a drink while out because everybody else is doing it or gone to a work event or a social location, because of fear of being ostracized. Even if there's no pressure from anybody in your social circle to do so, you are experiencing self-peer pressure. The car you want to buy, are you buying that car out of functionality or you want people to see that you have arrived? The area you want to leave, are you living there because it is close to your place of work or because it will make family logistics better, i.e. school run, or madame, or your hobbies, workplace, will make it a lot easier for mental balance and mental health? Or you want to be like the rest of the people because you hobnob with the higher mighty in your head and in your mind, you want them to see you as a VI person. And so, the closer you are to VI, the better. Or the closer you are to Lekki or Banana Island or wherever, you want them to feel that you are one of the big boys and big girls. That's why a lot of people today are in trouble. They are not in trouble with their bank accounts. They are in trouble with mental health because many of them are depressed. When they get back to their homes and sleep on that bed in that four-walled room, reality will set in. That you have lived a life from the morning when you woke up to the afternoon when you had lunch, and by the time you're getting home, reality will set in. That all the life I've been trying to live has been a false life. It has been driven by self-peer pressure. Not by anybody, but you. You are the one bringing things into your head and into your space. Imagining the thoughts of your peers. How can you imagine what somebody's going to be thinking about you if you don't have a problem with yourself? Why should I be imagining what Mr. X is thinking about me? If you like, think what you think. It's not going to change who I am, no matter how well-crafted you are. You must always sit in a space of comfort, of being content. Godliness and contentment is great gain. But a lot of us have thrown contentment out of the window. Contentment does not exist. And that is why self-peer pressure is eating into the fabric, the inner fabrics of many, especially the younger generation who want to feel among. I saw a video the other day of young people sitting there Young girls, young boys, mixing all kinds of concoction and then drinking and all because they want to feel among. Can I announce to you that growing up many years when we used years ago as a teenager, when we had parties or raves, as we call them, and those days you have people, they'll call you their sponge. 
and punch will be a concoction of all kinds of drinks. And I need not tell you the kinds of mixture and the things they'll put there to ferment. And when you go to a party and they tell you that there are drinks available, there's punch. Young guys always love punch. And many times they'll also want to look for the girls that will of necessity not have the sense to try it, but will want to try because they want to be seen as heap. What heap? I tell you, gone are those days. You can call me antisocial. I refuse to be what I would not be, that you've seen with your eyes that they've mixed a concoction of all manner of drinks and they give it to you and then the music is raving high in volume and everybody is jumping up. All youthfulness, it starts from there. It starts from when everybody wants to be like the other person. I'm not saying anything is wrong, but I'm putting a line of caution. Why do you want to die before your time? Why are you putting yourself through a process that you don't need? Fast forward to your children. Why must you have your children go to a certain school? Is that the school you can afford? Then you get to the school and you'll owe first term, second term, third term. And every time there's exam, you're going there and kneeling down in private quarters to the headmistress or headmaster that you will pay and you Sunday dear. You turn your children's education to Sunday idea the same way you pay for Ashwabi. Sunday idea means pay small, pay small. How do you retail the education of your child? Simply because of self-peer pressure. Why? That is why our nation is going through the pangs of what it's going through because family values are dead on arrival. It must start from there. There is nothing you will do. This, my truth, cannot be longer than this because my father said it well. And by the way, I was age, age seven. And then we were staying at Samshun Embarrass Street, number 64. There was a birthday party of a friend. And because I was so excited and I wanted to go, typically I would even check the bathtub and be sure that all is well. I jumped into it not knowing that they had just washed clothes there and fruit I landed on my chin and they had to take me in to do what? To sew my chin because I bust my chin. For one reason, that whole zeal of wanting to go for a party, that was the first thing that told me from that day, I borrowed myself sense. Anytime you say party, I pause because I will remember that incident that I jumped in. My mom was telling me, wait. I said, no, I want to quickly take my bath, uh, take a shower, and then wear my dress and go for the party. My mom was telling me, wait, wait. I didn't understand that she was warning me that my auntie had just finished washing clothes in the bathtub and it may have been slippery. I'd run into it without realizing, and then you know the result. Fruit poop. It hit my chin on the bathtub, and there was this big gash. They couldn't stop the bleeding and they had to take, to, take me to Mercy Hospital then in Surule and they had to stitch it up. That experience taught me one thing. Whenever I hear party, my body will go into auto-reverse because of that experience. Why do you want to put yourself or your family at risk due to self-peer pressure? Friends, these things add up. 
research reported by Psychological Science Association indicates that conformity is hardwired into our brains. When people agree with us, we experience more activity in the reward centers of our brains. Being part of the majority literally feels good. That's why we do what we do. This is why a lot of people compromise. There's a famous study that was done in 1955. It's called Famous. It was found that the vast majority of people would give an answer they knew to be wrong if they saw that everybody before them had answered incorrectly too. They valued being like everybody else over being right. And just think about our country and where we are. You find a lot of people just want to be politically correct and they would never speak the truth. Neither would they come out to be right. But they want to do what? They want to conform with others. You can see it play out in our national polity, whether in the assembly, whether in the executive, whether even on the streets, whether in the classrooms, whether in the churches, mosques, wherever you find people congregate, a lot more people just want to conform. I want to be seen as politically correct. And so honesty is not the best policy, but conformity has become the best policy. We conform to the tenets of corruption because you see a man that is doing something wrong, that is entering a place advice you want to be like him you are an associate you are an aide to a senior person who is stealing you know he's stealing yet you come out and you continue to live like that because you want to be like him another powerful and nasty feeling occasioned by psychological motivation is rejection human beings hate rejection in all its forms and so when I tell you that conformity is hardwired into our brains, there is another side to it that is even as powerful and nasty, a psychological motivation that is called rejection. Because as human beings, we hate rejection in all its forms. Rejection causes the similar brain responses to physical pain. Have you ever been rejected in a form? Let me give you the simplest one. Growing up as a young man or even now that you're an older man or guy, how do you feel when a lady tells you no way? You ask her out. Then growing up as young lads, when we used to write all the love letters to our would-be girlfriends then, you wanted to toast, as we called it then, or spin, as we called it then. I don't know what you guys call it now. We used to call it spin. And later, as we grew up, they say, I they shadowed that day. That's what we used to say then, that you will write a love letter. I can't tell you how the love letters were conscripted. I can't even remember, but some of you know what I'm talking about. And then you then receive a polite no. Imagine what it does to your system. Or better still, when we used to have the literally and debating societies then, the elites, then in Lagos, you'll have all the different schools come together and we'll go for a debate and there'll be dancing competition. There'll be 
all manner of competitions and of course with the debate. Every school will host the leads according to their own time and schedule. And then you have all the schools come together. Then in the process of it, of course, you walk over, you want to dance with a lady. You walk across and you see a girl there and you say, excuse me, dance. And she says, no. You know what they call it? Issue? That is rejection. Imagine the issues that a lot of guys have received since they became conscious. That issue in itself, research says, is as a physical pain. So rejection causes similar brain responses to physical pain. And enduring and surviving feelings of rejection can be difficult. I don't find this unsurprising, friends, because if you quote and unquote, look at the humans as social animals, you will see that on one side, it's all about either fitting in or not fitting in. Well, friends, we'll be back on the second half. And when we come back, we'll be looking at how can we reduce self-pressure? Don't go away, as I hope this will be a good time for you and I to self-reflect. Thank you, and we'll be right back. This is Navigate with ID, brought to you by Corporate Shepherds. Welcome back, my dear friends, to Navigate with ID. And just in case you're joining us, I bid you welcome. We've been looking at closing this beautiful series about managing pressure and maintaining balance. And so today we decided to take a journey through a particular route that is typically not very comfortable, nor do we give it attention. The route we chose to take was a route that involves self-peer pressure. And what did we say to ourselves? That self-peer pressure means imagining the thoughts of your peers and then their judgments impacting our actions and also skewing our behaviors in response to those thoughts. That typically when we think of peer pressure, when it comes to vices, say drinking, smoking, etc., we always look at it as ascribed to school leavers or the young ones. But the truth is it cuts across many age groups. The reality is that the psychology of peer pressure has earned less attention. The idea of self-peer pressure or how your perceptions of the opinions and behaviors of others influence your behavior, my behavior, are things that we do not even consider. But really and truly, what drives peer pressure or self-peer pressure is the culture of fitting in which I also called in another parlance, conformity. And that is defined as a behavior in accordance with socially accepted conventions. So we went through several examples. But one thing that came out from that first half was the fact that conformity is hardwired into our brains. Because everyone wants to get a reward center of the brain working in conformity with the majority. Being part of the majority literally feels good. That's why a lot of people compromise. And when they compromise, it's not because they don't know what is right or what is true, but they just want to be in the winning group. And that's the problem we have in our nation today. 
on the other side of this divide is another powerful and nasty feeling that is occasioned by a psychological motivation called rejection. Human beings hate rejection in all forms. And so I gave examples and I said that rejection causes the same similar brain responses to a physical pain. And enduring and surviving feelings of rejection can be difficult. That's why, you know, I give examples of growing up when we used to um, go attend literally and debating days then as young uh, teenagers in secondary school. And you tell a lady, excuse me, dance, and she says no. Then you would have received whether a six-inch or a four-inch nail, like we used to call it issue, or you are asking a lady out and she says no, it's another issue. And guys will understand this a lot more. I was saying this, you know, and off the mic, I just realized that different words for different generations. So in our generation, you can talk of, I want to spin that babe. I want to toast that babe. Today, they talk about chiking. When you go on the process of chiking and the lady says no, it's tantamount to rejection. And then that feeling can be very difficult. That's why some people don't come out of it. So but between and betwixt, self-peer pressure comes when you imagine the thoughts of your peers, your friends, you, you, what are they going to think about you? And so because of that, you go do some silly things that you end up regretting. Where they themselves, they are living their own lives. But you decide to conform because you think it's all about you. And in the process, you put yourself under extreme pressure. As I did promise in this particular half of the program, let us look at some of the things we can do practically to reduce self-pressure. Number one, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, don't take things too seriously. I don't know why, you know, people take things too seriously. That does not mean you don't have focus. But when you dwell on matters that are not eternal, if you dwell on things that are minors, when there are majors, you are taking things too seriously. And in the process, you just find yourself walking yourself up unnecessarily. A second thing that you need to do to reduce self-pressure, fine with the mistakes and failures you make. It's okay to make a mistake. It's okay to make a mistake. I mean, nobody is perfect. What would happen is that when you discover that you've made a mistake, then you make amends to ensure that you don't make the same mistake again. That's what is important. But about dwelling on something because you failed or the fear of failure, that can send you to an early grave because you will never come out of it. No amount of motivation, no amount of speaking to, because it's endemic. It breeds a deep sense of insecurity and you bring untold pressure on yourself because in your head, something is saying to you, you're not good enough. They think you are a bad one. These guys don't believe in you. You can't make it because someone said it, because another echoed it. 
And because some other person in passing said it, so it is that that mistake you made can never turn around. But I know, and I want you to understand, that for every mistake that you make, there's a miracle in that mistake. It could just be God taking you through a process in life to make you do things differently. And in time to that, I want to ask you, yes, it is great to focus on excellence. It is great to focus on excellent behavior. But you cannot be a perfectionist all the time. To reduce some of this pressure on yourself, you may have to understand where you are at in the process of your development and your growth. So if you are in the midst of A-star students or A-star cloud friends or executive director friends, and you are just a manager or head of department, it doesn't mean that you are not perfect. What it means is that you are on your own journey, maintaining your own lane, shadowing them in ways and means that will help your growth. And in a matter of time, you will also get there. Do not put yourself under pressure that because you are rolling with executive directors, you want to be ED and so you're looking for a job, they are going to offer you an ED position when you know you are still an AGM and the process is you need to become a DGM, you need to move from DGM to GM before you become an ED. So you are sitting as an AGM because you're rolling with EDs, you put pressure on yourself unnecessarily. Friends, to reduce self-pressure, focus on the process, not on the outcome. Yes, you can be destination-minded. Like I tell people most times, why must you have a destination to be an executive director? Whatever stopped you from owning the entity? Whatever stopped you from being a chairman? Why must you stop at just being a member of the board? You can be the chairman of the board. So stretch. It's good to stretch by way of destination, but focus on the process, not on the outcome. But your eyes have to be on the ball. The other thing that you need to do is to ensure that you don't listen too much to others. You know, sometimes a lot of us hear silent whispers. We see the things we don't want to see. And I like what the good book says, that be careful what you hear, lest you hear your servant even curse you. Many of us have itchy ears. You just want to hear, hear, what are they saying? What did they say? What are those two? What are they talking about? You want to hear and listen to every single sound that passes. In my native language, there's an adage that says that is not every drop of rain that touches you. So why must you be bothered about the rain that is beating Mr. A and whether the thing is the same speed and dexterity that is hitting you or the same pressure? You have your own rain beating you. So if he is under the rain too, of course, you are both being beaten by the rain. But hey, stop listening to what that person is telling you because you are both in the same. Some of them masquerade and they cover up with so much that you don't see the truth. If you are going to walk away from self-imposed pressure, you have to walk from the inside. 
Self-imposed pressure is the pressure you mount on yourself from inside. You have to control that which you are experiencing. If you don't control it because it's coming from inside, nobody sees it. The outcome will come, will be through your behavior. And in some cases, you find people tell you, are you okay? They can see your demeanor. They can look through your countenance and say, are you okay? But you know deep down inside that you have unleashed some serious detonation that is erupting in your system. Self-imposed pressure should drive you to achieve and attain your stretch goals, not to be like some other person. You need to know God for yourself and you need to stand in a space of doing some things very differently. And part of the reason this happens is because a lot of us go to this school. It's the only university that I find that every human being goes through and rarely graduates from, except, of course, their hearts have been circumcised. It's called the University of Worry. University of Worry. It's a learning institution. Worrying. Worrying. W-O-R-R-Y. Very many people worry. One of the things you must understand is that it is okay to have a tinge of worry. It's okay, you're human, but don't dwell. Accept the worry and then move on to some other person. What you need to do is be able to write it down. Oh, these are the things that I'm concerned about. The minute you write them down, it's another process that, you know, helps you through the healing process or the confidence mechanism. Or in some other ways, I'll tell you one thing, friends. Keep yourself busy. Keep your hands and your head and your heart busy. How? Think more of how the best times will come. And it's really a different act when you are thriving. Thriving is coming away from any setback. Rather than you bouncing back in thriving, you're bouncing forward. That's how you cure and graduate from the University of Worry. And most of all, friends, you need to cut yourself some slack. Cut yourself some slack. All of these are simple things that you and I must do. But I'm not saying it's that easy. Remember the subject that we had looked at in the past two weeks, centered around managing pressure and maintaining balance. Known unto God are his works from eternity. God knows why he's put such a, a topic in my heart and in my spirit for a time like this, that there is someone out there that has been listening to my voice and listening to the sound of my voice. And I'm telling you that you need to manage the pressure, this self-peer pressure you're putting on yourself and maintain a life of balance. Otherwise, you will kill yourself. You don't need to die before your time. Why worry? You need to set aside some leisure time. Just wake up in the morning. I was so blessed this morning when I got a very beautiful note from a friend of mine who lives in Abuja who listened to the Wednesday edition 
of Navigated ID on the radio station Classic FM in Abuja. And what she said to me, thank you, ID, for this morning message. And what was it that I put in that particular edition? I said, a lot of us wake up. The first place we go to is we go to our phones and social media. And there, with this kind of carnage we now have in our land, where every day there's some bloodletting here, bad news, all kinds of uncanny news out there. You wake up in the morning and you are soaking in all of that. How do you think you're going to have a great day? Whereas you would have spent that time waking up, spending some time to meditate and look at the positive outlook of how this day is going to come with thanksgiving and a grateful heart. You are busy with social media, checking what's on Twitter, what are they doing on Instagram, or what's happening on this, that, Facebook, what is the latest news, who is fighting who, who is killing who, who is doing how you bring pressure upon your life. You start getting scared about what's going to happen to you. Why? Rather, do something you enjoy every day. Wake up to a glorious morning. I'm not saying that things are not happening in the environment, but you can control what is happening to you by waking up in the morning and giving thanks to God for life rather than picking up your phone as your first immediate direction for the day and you just want to go through social media. Why? Why? Life can be a lot more than it is, friends. Let us cool down. Let us tame the tide. Let us manage the pressure we are going through. Aren't you tired of the rate of people dying due to all manner of diseases, high blood pressure here, diabetes here, this there, heart failure here? You think they just jump on people? No, it takes time to build up. I know there are some that are genetically minded that will come through genes. Yes. There are people too that manage such ailments and they manage them well and they don't allow the pressure come to them. So you need to take up a relaxation practice. Learn to relax. Many of us don't know how to relax. Nigerians are the only people that tell you, I'm going on leave, I'm going on leave. And what is even more fascinating is that the average Nigerian will tell you, I'm going on vacation. They'll start announcing two, three months from the time, ah, come June, I'm going on vacation. I'll be away for like four weeks. I'll be away for like three weeks. And ask them. They will go to New York. They'll go to London. They'll go to Fernando Po. Well, I go to Ikorokpane. It's better for me because I'll eat fresh afang. And of course, my favorite fufu. And I'll bounce back. That is not to say I don't go on vacation, but you know what I'm trying to say. Now, when they go on this vacation, they are jumping from one train, one bus to the other in London, shopping. And when they are going to shop, they are looking for where there are sales. They will be on a rack for three, four hours looking for sales to come back and impress who? Self-peer pressure. You want to come and show the latest. You would have just gone to Balogun here, Waterside or Keyside, and buy some grade one or clicker and iron it, put small starch. Nobody will know. You go all the way to London or... You go to the U.S. and you're going into all of those TJ Maxx and all those stores that are perpetually have a sales counter and they are shopping. The three weeks of relaxation will be three weeks of shopping. And see the typical Nigerian at the airport when they are coming back. 
12 bags. And the airline staff are like, oh my world. Where are you going to? Lagos. Check me in. All the bags to Lagos. I'm going to pay. When they get here, you see them hauling bags at MMA. And they've just come from a vacation or, as we call it, leave. Pressure. You worked so hard, announced to the whole world you were going on vacation to do what? To relax. But you were busy shopping from day one to day 21. Cool down. Take up a relaxation practice. Begin to do something you enjoy every day. And more importantly, can I beg each and every one of you listening to me, whether you're driving, you're at work, you're at home, whatever you're doing, please keep some sense of humor. Let humor come back into your life. Maintain balance with humor. As for me, I like to the yabo, at the yabo well. If you have the chance, come around. One of these days, I'm going to have COVID permitting, some good session where we'll just have, you know, an evening where we'll take a venue and some of you listeners just come and let's just get to know ourselves. And then it will be yapis galore. You yap me, I yap you. I mean, think about it. That's a good way to take out all the pressure of Lagos and for you and I to meet. We only meet on Tuesday and Thursday and possibly on other stations, Mondays to Fridays. Yes, but Tuesdays and Thursdays, you and I are here by reason of this platform to be able to share and to learn from each other. Some of us take it forward when you write and you need my help or you need my advice and I respond. So we develop a relationship. But you know what? One of the things that we must do is to maintain that Keep that as a balancing in our lives, that you have a place you can check in. It is not only going to the hotel that you can check in. You can have an individual. You can have a go-to person to check in. I am your check-in person, your go-to person. That's why some of you send messages to me and we interact. I've never seen majority of you before. I don't know what you look like. But on email, I know you. On Twitter, I know you. But do I know the man behind the Twitter lines? Maybe not, but someday. But guess what? That process of you and I checking in and checking out, you're helping yourself to maintain some balance. And so I'm asking and I'm pleading with every one of us that we are stepping into the month of May. May is just around the corner. It's a few days off. That will be the fifth month. And I'm using this opportunity also to let you know that as much as we step into that month, it's one of my most exciting months. You know why? It's my best month. And so come May 27th, which is my birthday, some glorious things will happen. But even around that too, the bigger news for me, in order to step into a terrain of fulfillment, is that I'm going to be launching my book next month, in the month of May. Now I'll share with you, for those that will want to join uh, from a virtual standpoint, I'll share the links with you when the time comes. But I want you to understand that as we go on in the weeks to come, you'll begin to see some of the promotionals around the book. I'll tell you about the book, and it's just a, it's a story of a young man that you will probably be able to lean from. 
that in a way is what I'm saying to you. You have to start doing something else. You need to set aside some leisure time. So by the time I launch my book, I'm asking you to maintain balance, setting some time, some leisure time, just to read about my autobiography. Maybe it will help you read about some other person's biography. It's the story of people's lives that help you to locate some things that you may find and that will help you rescue your own self from yourself. Because sometimes you don't see yourself, but you can see yourself through another lens. You can see yourself through another man. You can see yourself through another woman. And then you begin to look at yourself and your life as a project. When you see yourself and your life as a project, then you have an action plan. The action plan will be to break those projects into small steps. There will be no pressure. But when we don't do what we should do, we bring untold pressure upon ourselves because we are looking at our peers. God forbid that you will do any harm to yourself. My dear friends, I hope this series have helped you one way or the other. I'll be grateful for your feedback. Just send an email to contact at navigatewithid.com. The ID is spelled IDY. And if you want to follow me on Twitter and Instagram and also put a note, my handle is at IDYENANG. Thank you so much for listening. You know I can't stop loving you. I'll be right here on Tuesday by the grace of God as we celebrate the dawn of a new month by the grace of God. Thank you so much for listening and God bless you. Goodbye. And that was Navigate with ID, brought to you by Corporate Shepherds.